In the name of a God who is Christ, our King. Amen. Today we celebrate Christ the King. A title I have often grappled with in a world where kings and their equivalents with various other titles have done so much damage. Aren't kings and rulers, presidents and prime ministers susceptible to the temptations of human power, often blind to the needs of many people? Or even sometimes, aren't they abusive, entitled, or self-interested? Human power can be yielded very destructively. You see, we humans are kind of a mess. Our earliest biblical stories show humans falling into harmful ways and God calling us back again and again, tenderly letting us know that we are a bit like scattered sheep at times in need of a divine shepherd. Now, attempting to manage themselves and each other amid all their messy fallibility Our spiritual ancestors begged God to send them a human king to lead them and to guide them. And God said, well, a human king will still be human and thus fallible. You could just be led and guided by me. But they said, no, we can't see you. And the people who aren't listening to you, they can't hear you, but they will hear and listen to a human voice. And so we hear that God finally relented and chose an anointed young David, a shepherd, as a king for the people of God. And all was well until David got older and a bit entitled and power crazed and David lied. And David abused, and David killed. He eventually got his behavior in check again through some nudging by a prophet, and he remained king. And his line was a royal line, and for the next 40 or so generations, the people under the royal line of David kept seeking God and goodness and light and love, but they also kept being fallible, abusive, self-interested, and often blind to the needs of others. So finally God interceded again, and King David's descendant, Joseph, married a young woman named Mary, and she gave birth to Christ, because God realized that the people were right. We needed a king who we could see and hear to lead us and to guide us, But God had been right all along, too. Humans are too weak to wield such power, and so we needed God to be our king. So presto, God became Christ, human, and gave us Christ the king. Except, unexpectedly, Christ the divine king came meek and lowly. Born into simplicity, not into golden chambers. Christ the King came not to control us from golden heights of wealth and prestige, but to be among us and help us to turn our messy world 
into a kingdom where all are fed and all are visited and all are clothed and all have dignity and where all know themselves to be beloved. But man, are we humans a tough crowd. Christ the King, Jesus the Rabbi, had to work really hard helping us to get it. And after a couple years of preaching and teaching and leading and guiding and getting somewhat frustrated with us for still being so often such a clueless mess, Jesus told the story that we heard today. A story of the Son of God coming to sit on a throne in a kingdom of goodness once and for all. This is a story that we deeply need today. In Jesus' story, when the Son of God arrived on his throne, he sent away the parts of us that still didn't get it, still wouldn't care for one another, still wouldn't help to create a kingdom of radical, active love, and this royal Son of God kept the parts of us that did get it, that wanted to help create love and actively went about spreading and sharing love, actively serving and responding to God's call. To the part of humanity that didn't get it, he said, I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And to the part of humanity that did get it, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Both groups in this story are confused. Neither remembered ever being faced with the choice to offer care and love to a hungry, thirsty, estranged, naked, sick, or imprisoned God. Because this is where our divine king differs from the halls of human power all over this world throughout time. Our king is a lamb sitting on a throne in the book of Revelations. He is among the meek and lowly who are hungry and asking for food. Our Christ the king is a criminal hanging on a cross, punished for challenging the status quo. He is among the prisoners. Our all-powerful creator is a baby in a barn born to an unmarried teenage mother and a dad blindsided by unplanned pregnancy. Christ the King is among the underserved, the misunderstood, and the judged. And for our sake, and not through greed, our King marks us as his own at baptism, enters our minds, bodies, and souls at the Eucharistic table, and interacts with the world through us. When we encounter our God, our King, our Christ, in the most unlikely places, 
We make a choice. We must choose. Do we walk away and turn our attention and our deepest loyalties to the institutions and distractions of human power? Or do we allow this unlikely divine king to rule our hearts that we might assist in the coming of the kingdom? We have this choice to make a hundred times a day. Every time we are asked to serve, to give, to forgive, to love someone who is difficult to love, to notice those on the edges of society and meet them where they are, on even ground. This is Christ coming to us. At Advent and Christmas time, he comes in a very particular way, a very tender and transformative way. In the coming weeks, he arrives again asking to sit on a throne in each of our hearts. He is a king of untold meekness, humility, and possibility. He turns our idea of royalty on its head and elevates it beyond imagination. And we need to ask ourselves, how will we respond to the arrival of our king this time? <laughs>